Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of... I can't even say the beer and bourbon part anymore, Ken. At least for not the um, month of January. At least, yeah, at least not for this month. So it's say hi, Ken. Month. What's up, guys? Hey, so, gals. Gals. Um, so, yeah, this is just going to be a business and broskies episode because Kenny and I had the ingenious idea to take the entire month of January and not drink and go to the gym seven days a week. Yeah, I don't know how genius it was. But this we're is doing what it. a first weekend. And what's your feeling on it? It's pretty boring, dude. It's so it's boring. Very boring. And it's just it's just miserable. Like I go to work, I go to the gym, mm-hmm. I come home, I eat chicken breast and salad. Um, I watch some TV, probably play some video games. Yeah, at least I'm like mixing it up with all different kinds of wild game. You're just eating chicken. That sounds miserable. Literally chicken. Like <laughs> the highlight of my day was I went to the grocery store yesterday and I found sugar-free barbecue sauce. And like, yeah, it sounds miserable. I get this spice up. Yo, you're drinking kombucha tea right now. Well, instead, this tastes good though. The last episode we were drinking Jameson beer. <laughs> yeah, but this tastes good, and uh, sugar-free barbecue does not. Yeah, but it's not horrible, and it's better than eating plain it chicken breast. good. Why don't you just eat hot sauce? Because yeah, sometimes people change it up. Like, too much hot sauce, and I'm like, eh, I need a little variety in my life. Not me. I basically eat that shit with my cereal. That is true. I've seen you just squirt it straight out of the bottle. You were eating that one with the Mrs. Renfro's ghost pepper nacho cheese. Yeah, that stuff's hot, but it's good. And no wonder you have to eat Zantec like it's candy. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen somebody put so much acidic stuff into their stomach. Like, hey, let me eat some ghost pepper cheese on top of drinking. I'm pretty that. sure my stomach can melt steel. If I, I would imagine so. You've got, like, the stomach of a goat. <laughs> Literally. Like, that can just digest anything. So, um, yeah, next couple episodes we're going to run through. We're going to be sober and try to you know, steer away from the alcohol, focus more on the business. Talk Sorry about 2020. 20 well, we do have one day we're going to drink. We're going to drink on the 11th. Uh, dude, Sorry, I was 11th. thinking about that. I don't know if I want to do it. I'm definitely gonna do. It. I don't think so. I don't want to. Like, I'm I feel like if I'm gonna do it, I don't want to have a. I'm gonna be my mid break check. I'm definitely. It's gonna. Yeah, be, but all right. Everybody's so gonna be as fun. It's what on the seventh or the eleventh? I'm sorry. Um, and the eleventh is a Saturday, so I Perfect. know me, and I'm gonna do it on a Saturday, and then I'm gonna be hungover on a Sunday, and then Perfect. I'm like, yo, give me all the sheets or whatever bad food I can in my mouth. And just don't eat like a trash can. Yeah, but that's what I do when I'm hungover. Really? Because my brain's like, give me bad food because maybe this will make you feel better. But it I never just don't does. really eat when I'm hungover. Really? Pretty much. I stuff my face with like food. No, man. I just drink gallons of water. That doesn't do any. Maybe I'll stock up on Pedialyte. But no, so I don't know. And then, yeah. I have to say, though, is this whole thing's kind of been a kickstart, too. I do feel better, like mentally and physically. The only reason we're doing this is this is completely your fault because you needed to get your ass back in shape for not going to the gym for two years. If it wasn't Dude, for you, I wouldn't be doing this at all. Well, in my defense, I put on relationship weight and just never got back into the routine yeah, exactly. of things. So Somehow, now, here though, I am. for two years eating whatever the hell I wanted and drinking whatever the hell I wanted and me not weighing 300 pounds, I've done somewhat decent. So yeah, it's pretty astonishing. I, I would agree. Like but no, I feel better overall. I mean, my mornings do start with waking up at 6 I want to start journaling, which you and I talked about on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I mean, do you do yours at night or do you do yours in the morning? Um, I do mine throughout the day. Really? Mm-hmm. Like just take little tidbits here and there and every. You don't write like a journal entry like the evening and kind of summarize what you've been up to? No, I just read what I wrote all day. Okay. So I, I usually write them after, uh, I mean, not every conversation. If it's a meaningful conversation, like if I have a, 
a big meeting or a decent meeting, whatever, I'll kind of take notes of what the, how the conversation went, what I could have said better, and you know what didn't work or what did work. And then at the end of the day, I'll kind of reflect by reading on it, um, you know, what I accomplished throughout the day and if I accomplished everything I set out to. It's more of a reflection at the end of the day than writing anything else down. Yeah, because it's a Saturday, so I've done it twice so far in a journal. I did one in the evening where I just turned my phone off, turned everything, and I just sat in silence and I wrote down in my journal. And then I did one where I kind of skipped a day and I did it in the morning, like first thing. And I kind of liked the morning a little bit better just because my brain was fresher. So I took like the notes I had from the previous day and then mm-hmm. looked through them the following morning and wrote it down. And I had a lot like clear thinking throughout the day. Yeah, and I was doing it uh I like reflecting at night so it's still fresh in my mind. I gotcha. Yeah, because I mean my morning routine anymore is like wake up at six or whatever it is. Um, putting my, I don't even look at my phone anymore first thing in the morning. I got one of those old school alarm clocks. And I just, so I turn my alarm clock on, off, journal for a half hour, and then I take an ice cold shower, <laughs> and then chug some apple cider vinegar, and then get that to the office. That does nothing. Yes, it does. No, it does not. The apple cider vinegar is very good for your gut. How do you figure? It helps with the enzymes in your stomach no, to I digest think it's food. it's a little wives tale. Probiotics do. What's, what's, like yogurt? Yeah, yogurt. I can't. Or, I think I have a lactose sensitivity kombucha. That which one is that? Is that live, dragon fruit lemongrass? Yeah, that is live probiotics in it. Okay. Like yeah, yogurt's not bad. Yeah. How many calories is that though? I don't know. Thirty-five. That's it for that entire thing. Thirty-five. No, it's serving for a container too. Seventy. Okay, it's seventy what's the seven, calories. Or what's the uh, sugar? It's a little less than seventy calories. So it's eight per ounces. Uh, eight grams, so sixteen grams of sugar. That's a fair amount of sugar, though. Not really. If you work out, it's not that bad. Yeah, but I'm trying to cut out all my sugar for January, or at least as much as not I can. Me. Dude, I went to. I swear, everything has sugar in it. You go yeah, to get 100%. bread, sugar. I'm pretty sure I went to the um, paper towel aisle, and after wood or paper, the second ingredient was sugar in the paper towels. Like mm-hmm. everything they make, it's like, hey, let's just have a society that is just so addicted to sugar. They put it in. Why you eat a lot of wild game brisky? It's not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think going to the or at least organic route, if you're not going to go the wild game route, would yeah, be a bad thing helps. just because you get all Grass those fed. bad stuff that they put in those and they just mm-hmm. out of preserved it. and shit. Um, so we're going to kind of roll through in this episode. Correct me if I'm wrong. What kind of we're looking for our goals in 2020? What kind of what we're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks? And a little bit of advice on some people getting into the industry, whether it's sales or management. Um, and like what we really enjoy about our job because you can't do something day in and day out and it's strictly just before the money. You have to have something that you really enjoy about it that makes you wake up in the uh, morning and do it. Yeah, I know we had a question left too from last episode we didn't get to, but um, yeah, I think we'll see if we, we get yeah, to it. We, we might get to it. If to not, it. we'll get to it on the next one. All right, so rolling into 2020, we briefly hit on this, but like what are your goals, not personally in development, but business-wise, about what you're trying to achieve? Like what's your tangible goals you're trying to set and mark off the boxes for 2020? Uh, well, I think the biggest one that's tangible would be outsell everybody else I work with in my, uh, I guess my segment of the company, you can say. Um, Does everybody have the same quota across the company? No. That's, no. And so then, you can't outsell everybody because then you're That's what I said in my little, because uh, there's different, How do, I guess, how do I make have this make sense so there's different like accounts so you have like your big accounts the middle accounts the small, small accounts. accounts and then each 
of the third segments have a certain amount of sales reps. So for my segment, I want to outsell everybody in that segment. And you probably have. I mean, you're talking. I I don't know your company, but I'm assuming the fact that you have won Salesman of the Year twice, mm-hmm. maybe three times. Knock on wood. We'll see. A um, couple more weeks. Your quota for the top tier people that you're competing against is probably higher. It's not small. Yeah. So even if you beat those people, you probably almost have to beat yourself in the quota that you're setting because it's probably not apples to apples what you guys. It's have basically to do. off percentages and how much you grow. Yeah, which is such a bad thing about quota. I mean, it's a good and bad with quotas is the more you sell and the better you do. The worse it is the following year. Yeah, because they're like, okay, you did this last year. We're going to tack on another 10% the following year, and it keeps growing and growing and growing. And at some point, you just have to have such saturation in the market. You're like, how do I hit this number? Yeah, you got to play strategically. And um, one of my... One of my goals, which I guess isn't, I don't know, I guess it's not tangible, but one of my goals uh, going into this year is to grow the current relationships or the relationships I have with current customers. Um, I don't know if there's really a benchmark you can you can uh, market on, but you can definitely feel it. And you know, you know, in your mind, if you actually truly do have a good relationship or not with your with your customers, so that's one of my big goals is strengthen all the relationships with the uh, the current dealers I have. And that's not a bad thing. I try to do that. Um... Right around Christmas times, I was going through on Christmas Day, and I went through a lot of the people that we work with, buy stuff from, and our customers, and I actually sent them like Merry Christmas texts, which I know it only takes five seconds, mm-hmm. but how many times do you think people of yeah, sure management of companies it. reaches it out to people in their customers? Probably like, not hey, Merry Christmas, how are you? I hope you and your family are enjoying yourselves. And that was just something that I think, it's a five-second text, but I really think it just, you can't put a dollar amount on how much that's worth. Yeah, for sure. I, I uh... Yeah, I usually send my, um, at least my top account. I have a lot of accounts, so I'm not going to do it for everyone, but mm-hmm. at least my top accounts, I just send a little handwritten kind of uh, holiday, happy holiday card uh, every year to probably my top like 15, 20 customers. Yeah, I did that with all of our... Uh, Nobody does that anymore. No. <laughs> writes writes I, a card. I did, um, it wasn't a card, but I did for all of our foreman out in the field. I took... Oh, dude, it took me like four hours. I'd write 35 letters. Yeah, it's a lot. For everybody, for Christmas, I wrote, you know, Merry Christmas letters, like, hey, thank you for everything you've done. Dun, dun, dun. And I hand signed them and all this stuff. And it took me four hours because, and I'm not that creative. Especially, especially if you individualize them. And I did, I individual, and I try to use like little unique things about them to incorporate it in the letter to make it feel special because, hey, that's, I can't, what those guys do, especially in our industry. It's such a difficult thing to do day in and day out. So kind of a little bit of gratitude and showing those guys that we appreciate them, I think goes a long way. So yeah, that's why I try to 100%. And like you said, I'm sure the majority of people do not do that. And I guess you could kind of say that for anybody that's kind of trying to get into this industry, whether it's management or sales, is you can do little things like that. Yeah, how do you make yourself stand out? Yeah, because then all of a sudden somebody's like, Kenny, you send a text or you write a hand gift card or not christmas card to somebody and they're like wow they see it on their desk they hang it on the door Mm -hmm. like wow i appreciate kenny and that really sticks out to them and especially in an industry where there's no personalization i feel like everything's just copy and paste emails for half the time you're gonna really stand out exactly how do you make yourself stand out and how do you make that customer like you more and rely on you more and so that's Every one little your, thing helps. So that's one of your goals going into 2020 is develop relationships. Anything mm-hmm. else that you're kind of really pinpointing? Um, 
I'm I'm obviously very competitive, so I think I've said that a couple times on here. So, uh, like I said before, I really want to be the the number one person again, and uh, and outsell everybody. I want to be, uh, you know, I I had a really good year this year, so I want to beat it beat it again next year. And then uh, I guess weekly reflection, at least uh, three times a week, which I think you know is pretty measurable. Am I doing it? I'm shooting for Monday, Wednesday, Friday are kind of my three. 100% need to be self-reflecting days at the end of the day. And that's probably uh, a good thing to set up due to the fact that it gives you kind of the weekend to decompress yeah, and not deal with all the work. And you're kind of like, and I know with you, a lot of times you're on the road. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or at least Monday and Wednesday, you kind of have the solitude of being alone. So you can, it's easier for you to self-reflect on that and just yeah, be locked into a hotel room and doing nothing. And you're like, all right, I can really just yeah, sit here with my thoughts. Um, I guess that brings me to this is kind of like a, I guess personal and professional one, plan for the future and live in the present. Like on the weekends, I really just try to shut it off and shut it down, uh, especially because I travel a lot. So when I'm home with my, uh, when I get to see my son, when I'm with him on the weekends, I want to just shut it down. And if I prepare enough in the during the week, I shouldn't have to do really anything on the weekends. No, I agree, and that's definitely something. I think that's great advice to people is, you know, live in the present but plan for the future. Because there has to be a happy medium where you want to enjoy what you have right now. But you can't just not worry about the future because that's, you're never going to be able to progress and grow and be efficient if you don't plan for the future. But at the same time, you do have to take a step back occasionally and just enjoy what you have and where you are and not just always go, all right, I need more, I need more, I need more, I need more. And I know that's the problem I ran into is we had a fairly successful 2019. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to take your foot off the gas. No. But at the same time, if you bust your ass and you have a good year, you kind of have to enjoy it a little bit and take a step back and go, hey, I busted my ass for 52 weeks out of this year. I'm going to enjoy this for even if it's like a day or two and just embrace it that you did good. But then go, okay, then I got to get back on the throttle and keep going because you can't settle because if you do then next year it's just going to go right back into the hole and then you're not going to be able to enjoy it yeah that's why uh, holidays it's time to shut it down weekends shut it down unless you're in you know like a life and death situation which is kind of funny considering I came here from the office yeah I certainly would have done that um, but I mean it's a little different when it's your company but you know on the weekends I just try to shut it off and then PTO I think PTO is huge you need a time to reset your brain or you're just eventually going to get burnt out. If you're working that often, that much and that hard, eventually you're going to get burnt out. So I think PTO is huge. And I mean, at the end of the day, how many of the companies really care about you? Like, you know, if you're, once you're gone, they're going to replace you and they'll forget all about you. So you got to take, take care of yourself. And that's, you know, it's going to be the majority. And of the, I would places agree with you. There's a fine line though, where you can't like take advantage of the company completely because when you get like PTO or some perks, it's because no, of you can't be a jerk off. If you're going to take it like at the end of the quarter and you're not hitting your quarter, well, you're a jerk off. You know, you're yeah. a jerk off. If you um, kick ass and you hit all your quotas yeah, and you're like, okay, I'm going to take a week off some, too. Some time off. Yeah. You know, do your work for sure. I did that in October actually, which I haven't taken a vacation in Christ. I can't even remember how long, but I just sat, went home for four days and I didn't even do anything because I was like I'm burnt it's been a crazy year so far I just need four days to just yeah, you have sit to. You back gotta, relax like, and just stop it for a little bit replenish your, your body and your mind that's what I said I'm big on PTO um, you know take it off find a hobby to, or hang out with your kids whatever and uh, kind of decompress and unwind 
No, so yeah, I mean that's kind of my goals going into the next year are you're kind of we're in different roles. I'm in management and in the past year I've kind of moved up the chain where I'm overseeing everything now. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, I was really hands-on with everything. But I can't be hands-on with everything because I'll just I'll be stretched way too thin. And my job is to oversee the entire direction of the company and set it up for success and try to grow it the best I can. So I'm trying in this year to really we hire smart people and let them take the ball and run with it and not micromanage as much and kind of just give them their freedom to make their own mistakes and all that and not be as in everybody's business about what's going on. Because if I do, I'm just what happened last year was I'll stretch way too thin because I was doing two jobs basically. I was yeah, estimating you're not, and running. You're not giving 100 percent to anything. At that no, point. and then all of a sudden I was lack like you said. I was Ron Swanson says in Parks and Recs, don't um, half-ass two things, whole-ass <laughs> one thing. Exactly. Um, that's, and that's good what, advice. That. Yeah, and uh, that's what I'm going to try to do going into the next year is really focus on what my job is by overseeing the entire company, looking at what's for the best interest, and not working about worry about the minute things like the small minuscule tasks you know i mean let the people that i hire take care of that because that's their job yeah so i I mean i think if you if you do hire smart then you should be able to cut back on all the hours you work especially if you're going in every basically every saturday and sunday um you're eventually going to burn yourself out which i have i've hit that wall a couple times where i do that where i'll work my ass off for seven days a week for six months and then all of a sudden i'm just miserable and i hate my life and i'm like Right. I need to press the reset button yeah. and all that. And yeah, it's good. I need to find a happy medium between working and life, which is hard too, because that's just how I'm wired is I want to go, 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 go all the time. And I feel like I'm slacking. And if I'm not working seven days a week, if I'm not burning the candle at both ends, I feel like I'm like giving it everything I have. I think that's uh, how most successful people feel. But if you're not resetting, are you really giving it everything you have? Yeah, I agree. Because if you're just then a lot of times if you're not resetting, then you're just going through the motions. Yeah. And you're not having fresh thoughts and you're not having good growth. You're just. You're just kind of on autopilot. Exactly. So, yeah, I would agree that definitely you need to take some time for yourself in whatever industry you are. Um, And especially when you're starting out originally, even if you're just making not that much money, but you have two weeks vacation. Go drive somewhere for a day. Go, you know what I mean? If you're in like Western Pennsylvania, hey, you drive up to Niagara Falls, go to Lake Erie, something. Just take a couple days for yourself and turn the phone off. I mean, that's my new thing too, is I've been throughout the day turning my phone on uh, Do Not Disturb. Because mm-hmm. I don't get any notifications. I don't get anything, phone calls like that. And if you call me, it goes straight to voicemail. And nine times out of 10, if somebody's calling you, it's not that urgent. But if they, it is urgent on Do Not Disturb, if they call you twice, then it goes through. And then usually that's like the emergency, like, okay. Yeah, somebody called me twice. What? I said, yeah, somebody called me twice. I need to pick up. Yeah, exactly. Or you figured out the trick where hmm? if I have it on do not disturb, I'll you're like, keep, I'll you're like I'm going to just keep through. calling you until you pick up the phone because I know you just, you're just you just not answering it. <laughs> um, but I think it's actually a pretty good goal for people because I feel like they're all ruled by their phones. Everybody's oh, just yeah. so worried about replying to the latest email or making sure they're on top of everything and all the information. Which I think is what we're talking about next episode, kind of uh, where industries are going, like how do we think technology is going to affect that? I agree. So if we can leave that, I was just kind of, you know, I'm spitballing here about what I was trying to do in 2020 and that's kind of one of my goals is to be less driven by my phone and email. Plan for the future, but be present. Yeah, and you know, being on your email all the time just 
clicking a refresh or whatever watch your inbox is not a you're not it's doing, not a healthy thing to do no and like nobody I, in our, either one of our industries is going to die if you if it waits you know five hours no there's never an email that's an emergency <clears throat> no like I, I forget I was reading it might have been in that one that Ryan Holiday book um stillness is key that I think he said and I might be misquoting this he said nothing that um is important is no things that aren't important are urgent and things that are important aren't urgent like if there's a big broad thing you're looking for for a company Mm -hmm. you don't have to deal with it right away Mm -hmm. it's a long-term thing that'll eventually get there it's the non-urgent items that everybody makes important 100 right like hey so and so didn't show up to work today get himself anxious about it for no reason yeah like anxious and stressed out like hey somebody didn't show up to work today okay well there's nothing you can do about it absolutely so i figure it out and yeah, it's inconvenient. And I think people confuse inconvenience for importance. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is inconvenient, so now it has to be important. Yeah, so, I agree. That's it. And then one of my other things, too, going into 2020 is I've had a very, very open-door policy throughout my entire thing. And the problem with that is whenever you're available to everybody 24-7, you never have any time for yourself to really focus on what you need to do. And that's kind of my issue is I want to have like a happy medium. Yeah, you need like some separation. Like if you look at, you know, most companies, there's separation between like, I don't go, I never go to my boss's boss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You need like a, some degree of separation through there. That way you're, you have like two people that two or three people that are going to come to you with all the issues and you don't have people that are just walking in basically with an issue that's not an issue that somebody else can help them with. And that's the problem I have. And I like being available to everybody, but it's nice but people. They take, take advantage, advantage of it. Yeah, like so they I think their small problems need they need to go right to the. So we boss, have which is 12, 13 people ridiculous. in the office, and anybody at any time can come to my office. And then also the one hundred fifty people we have in the field, I would say eighty percent of them have my cell phone number, and they'll call me at any yeah, given time. Yeah, it's way too much. Yeah, we'll so, never get anything done. No, because I'm stretched too thin. Where people are calling me and everything, where it's not a bad thing. Me having them being able to reach out to me at any given time, but yeah, I need. I see. I think it's a bad thing. It's turning I, into a bad thing because yeah. there needs to be more of a chain idea of command. Is nice, but yeah, you need the degree of separation. There. Yeah, like a chain of command where, look, if there's mm-hmm. an issue, somebody it goes to somebody else, and then all of the big issues are brought to me. Yeah, and that's what my thing is. I'm trying to be more not as hands on and stuff like that. And I just don't. People like the fact that they can always talk to me. My door is always open, but then it's not helping the entire company when I'm not looking. I don't have time to focus on the bigger picture. I totally agree. Um, so. I mean, you want to kind of – what else? Do you have any other goals you want to hit on for 2020? Um, no, but I think that can kind of lead us into the last thing. Um, one of the emails I got, do you, does your, do you or your company provide personal development and uh, advancement opportunities? If so, how? Um, I mean, I would just go first as I read it. When I first started my company, there was literally nothing. Like, we didn't even have uh, – we didn't have price sheets. We didn't have samples. Like they just threw you out and fed you to the wolves, basically. Now we have a, a set program. They fly you to the headquarters. They you go through like a week long hands on training, and then they fly you with other people that are doing the same role. And then at the end, like they, they go with, uh, so they just went with two kind of like um, salespeople. They just went with two salespeople, so they rode with them in their territory. And then at the end. Uh, I fly in and I ride with them in their territory. That's actually what I'm going to do on Monday. So I'll be there for like three days. Uh, I'll be with a woman we just hired. And then I'll do kind of the last training in her territory with her, get her get her going, get her through the robes. 
And then from there on out, I'm basically the mentor for the first six months till they get on their feet. And before that, we had nothing even close. Now, do you kind of lay out a – you obviously not, but the company. Do they lay out like a career plan? Like, hey, look, here's how you can move up in the company. Or do they go, here's your role, and then that's it? Do they yeah, talk about like they how do, yeah. the, the chance of advancement and what you can do and what you have? Yeah, they to kind achieve. of give you benchmarks of what you need to hit, and uh, you know, there's ways you can participate more and get your face out there and get your name out there. Um, you know, it's a pretty big company now compared to when I started. So there's before there just weren't any. Oh, you guys other have jobs. exponential growth, so there's yeah, so crazy. many more positions. They're yeah. probably just like creating that, like, hey, we're, we need this position filled, and we've never had. Let's it before. go, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 getting there. It's it's definitely well on its way to. To getting there. There's uh, new positions getting created basically every year. So, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. And like my company, what we'll do is you bring somebody in um, and we'll, the first week, very hands-on about what we're doing and just walking them through what we do, what our company stands for, all that. Walk them through also the software we use, phone systems, you know, stupid stuff like that. Just their nuts and bolts so they can get day to day. Then we'll go out and like kind of shadow them on job sites hey, this is what you have to look for. Here's what you're trying to do. Here's what we do. We do masonry. So we try to get hyper-specific on masonry where you're not just looking at the building. You're looking at very specific items. Yeah, you want to be an expert. Yeah. And that's what we provide, and that's what I try to provide for all of our customers is we're the experts. When they have questions, they come to us. We Mm -hmm. take care of it. Just like you do with sales where you go to your customers and they're like, hey, you're the expert on this, and you tell me the best way to do this. Yeah. And that's what we try to do is provide a service to these guys or the customers where we know everything or as much as we can so that when they come to us, we can answer their questions and it's one less thing they have to worry about, one box they can check off. So we do that. And then after that, I kind of just let them find their own way of doing things. Um, everybody has different things that make them tick, different things that how they like to work. Some people are little procrastinators and they like, they're more efficient when their backs are against the wall going through things, opposed to like, hey, I have a week to do this. I can do a little bit Monday, a little bit Tuesday, a little bit Wednesday. Like, I'd be more efficient if I can do it all at one time and bang it out. That, that's like uh, when I was saying, they'll go, they'll, uh, a new hire will ride with somebody twice and then I fly in at the end and I'll ride with them in their territory. I almost wish they had, you know, three to four weeks in their own territory before I flew in. So they, would actually figure out what their struggles are going to be in the position, and then I can be there to help. Um, I don't necessarily really like going there uh, directly after their first two weeks on the road in somebody else's territory. I'd like to get their feet wet for like three to four weeks and then fly me into their territory. But and that's what I call. like to do is I like to throw them almost to the wolves. Yeah, like we have 100%. a new estimator, and I go here. Look, here's a set of blueprints. You figure it out, and I give him like a lot of freedom to figure out his own way, his own how he works through things. And then we sit back after a couple of weeks and go, here, here's how you did things. Here's your deficiencies. Here's where you're good at. And then I can work with that. And then yeah, that's how we both, both learned and help him grow. Our industry. That's how you and I both learned. Because if I go in there and go, hey, this is how, for instance, estimate, how I take off a job. Here's how I estimate. Well, maybe that's not how his brain works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I my totally job agree. as a manager isn't to force him to do things the way I do it. It's for me to augment myself and figure out how he does it best and then cater that to him. Like, hey, look. This is how you take things off. It's different than mine, but I can adapt to it and we can figure out it so you're the best per- version of yourself that you can be, not you trying to be a copycat of me. Yeah, there needs to be some system in place and then they make that system their own. Yeah, exactly. So I'm all for creativity and 
everything. And then we also, when people come in, even in the entry interviews, and we're always like, look, we're a smaller company, but we are growing. And we're also, a lot of the top end people we have in our company are older. So in the next five or six years, it's going to be a completely different makeup. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, if you look around, there's a lot of older people here. So there is a lot of opportunity for growth here if you stick with us. And, say, and, well, and that's good because your turnover, turnover doesn't look as high. So people that work there look happy if they're staying there that we long. We do. I mean, I would say that we have six people in there who have been there 30 plus years, Yeah, which is incredible. For I sure. Mean, when do you see that anymore? Now, granted, I think it's not a different often. generation 30 years ago than it is yeah. today with our group. Now a lot of people bounce. Yeah, because they're not. The How many people out of our entire friend group do you know that have worked for a company as long as I have? Yeah, six years is a long time a long for time one for, company. Mm -hmm. Especially, I mean, you know, it's my basically second job out of college. Yeah, and a lot of times people want to take that and they want to exchange that career currency they have with, hey, developing all of this talent here and go to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And they want to bounce back and forth, back and forth. But you've also gotten extremely lucky where you've killed it at your job, but your company has seen that and they've rewarded you handsomely. Yeah, yeah. they've definitely treated me well. Oh, I mean, I from what I've heard from people of, at least in different companies, I mean, how they take care of you is incredible. And you've you're appreciative of that and you're going to be very loyal to them because it's a mutual relationship between the two of you. Yeah, I think that's uh, really, that's something I would look for if I went to leave is what uh, you have at your companies. How long, what's the turnover look like? Mm -hmm. How long do people stay and what's up, the, new, the upward uh, movement? Yeah, and that's what I try to preach in the interviews is, you know, you come in here, we're a smaller company, but we're going to take care of you because we're very loyal to our employees and I always go, look, hey, see the girl that you walked in the front desk for? She's been here from 1988 mm -hmm. like what like yeah before you were born she's been working here the entire time yeah like, that's awesome wow that's incredible so um what do you want i guess let's wrap it up we're not going to get to the, those other questions will we'll take too long so we'll do them next time we have uh, a couple questions left that were emailed in but uh, we covered goals kind of what we're what our company does and then um i don't know what do you got coming up in the upcoming weeks like i said i'm going to travel with that new hire after that i get to travel and see uh to my larger accounts, we're in a process right now we call pre-booking. Basically, we have stuff coming out in the future, and we're booking it now, getting it on the books, and it'll ship later down the line. So this is, you know, this is really this is go time for me right now. Yeah, I would say the same thing for me is that uh, right now, you know, these last two weeks have been just crazy with Christmas being in the middle on, on Wednesday and New Year's being on a Wednesday. It fucks up your entire rhythm because you have Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday off, and you have Thursday, Friday. You can't really get into a rhythm. So this will be the first real week that we can hit it and get it. So what we're really trying to do is it's winter. Out in the field, we're a little bit slower because we're just beholden to the weather. And when it's rainy or 20 degrees outside, can't do masonry. So right now what we're trying to do is really pat our backlog and set ourselves up for success for uh, 2020. Do a lot of it's the go ground. time, man. Beginning of the year, it's go time. It is. And also, too, for the projects that we're going to have that we already have under contract that are going to start later in the year really make sure that we have all the groundwork set up for them so that when we do start them all of our ducks are in the row and mm -hmm. we can i mean as best as they can be because you know like fires come up all the time but try to do everything in our power so we're as organized as possible so it's not last minute things yeah i'm big on uh what you set yourself up for now is just going to pay dividends six months from now so right i there's this big getting it out of the gate um, I think it was by Abraham Lincoln that says, you know, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I would spend seven hours of it sharpening the axe, mm -hmm. right? Do the exactly. preparation beforehand. So whenever you go to implement it, you're ready to go kick some ass. 100%. And I think it's a good way to, good way to end it. And we'll get to those questions uh, next time. Yeah. So 
here's uh, another episode of Beers, Bourbon, Business, and Broskies. And thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Thanks.